0: Hi everyone, Mitch from PickDogs.com here with Chris Ruffalo. It is Friday, September 2nd, 2022, here with your live show. We're live seven days a week, 365 days a year. No excuses, just free picks. We just keep showing up. We've got plenty of excuses to take days off. But, uh never seems to work out that way. We always seem to squeeze in a show. We've done them. Even when we couldn't do them, we do them. It's like, couldn't do the show today, but we still squeeze it in, you know. Whatever. That's rare. Normally, we're right around this time, 10 o'clock Eastern time or 5 to 10 minutes late. But um, Chris, um, Thursday night in the books, I think we both were on the, the game that we liked the most. The games that we liked the most, we were kind of on that with Central Mish against um, Oklahoma State. And it kind of played out. Like we thought it would play out, I think Spencer Sanders was a little better than we thought he would be. He would com- he completed a few more passes, but when it came to the defense and it came to crunch time and having to keep the ball away from Central Mesh, they couldn't do it. You know, and I think you know probably the writing on the wall there, you know, for the Cowboys maybe for later on in the season as well in that game. Anything else? Anything catch you by surprise yesterday? Anything just blindside you?
1: Well, not only like in that in that Oklahoma State game, everybody's got to remember. It, if you didn't watch it, it was a 51 to 15 game at one point, and Central Miss just took advantage of uh, of Oklahoma State's poorest defense at the time. It almost looked like they actually may have uh, may have completed the comeback. But uh, the other thing for me, you know, I, I kind of messaged you about it last night. I almost thought Bryant was going to pull it off against FIU. That was a game that I that I loved, and I was like, oh man, I should have put it in, but uh, it just fell short. But again, FIU looking dicey. But, uh, you know, just looking across the rest of the uh, the rest of the scoreboard, you know, it was uh, almost business as usual. I was a little bit impressed with how Missouri showed up to uh, to take it to, to LaTeX. I will have to see if that was more about LaTeX, just uh, really not showing up to play defensively or if, or if Missouri is going to be a legit, uh, legit offense under Drinkwitz this season.
0: I think that um, Missouri with the freshman, um, number three. I don't even know his name, but I was didn't watch the game with sound. Um, I had that one in the upper right. Loved that game. That was one of my premium picks. And, um, you know, as soon as I saw him on the field, I said to Romanelli, I said, they should just give this ball to number three every single play. And um, they're probably going to win. And... Um, he he just looked that good and i think Drinkwitz, the recruiting classes along with the transfers maybe starting to take some shape there in missouri i think this is a team that's going to get better we saw some um some gaffes defensively from missouri um i think they just need to clean those up um we saw law tech score a couple big touchdowns quick ones and i think if missouri can clean that up they might be dangerous as the season goes on cuz they certainly have the offensive firepower. I didn't think their quarterback was all that great that he's built up to be. I thought the backup was really good though.
1: Yeah. And like you said, they just have to, they have to tighten up the defense, especially when you're going to get into the rigors of sec play. And with some of the way the, some of these sec offenses are looking this season. Yeah. Missouri's going to have to definitely tighten that up.
0: I thought, I thought Minnesota looked super efficient. Um, looked super efficient as well. Um, against New Mexico state, um, kind of you know really not making any mistakes and I thought that was um, really the the big part of it but um, you know we have a uh, a lot going on today and a lot of course going on this weekend if you didn't get a chance to see it Chris and I did do the college football show yesterday and we're going to do it every single week I believe, personally, it was the best college football show we've ever had um, for Pick Dogs and Sports Chat Place. Uh, We covered every single FBS game um, on the show. We had to go about it quickly because the time that we started was 50 minutes before the drive-thru starts. So we had to squeeze in an entire schedule in that time. We were able to do it, but I think we could do it a little bit better. And then... um, Starting next week, um, Ron Romanelli will be joining us. So it'll be the three of us doing the show. It'll be Chris, Ron Romanelli, and myself doing the college football previews because Ron won't be able to do a rundown for the college football, at least not for the foreseeable future. Maybe, he, maybe we can talk him into doing one, but um, he won't be doing it. But So he'll be doing the live show with us, and then that show will likely be on Wednesdays. We just need to find out what time on Wednesdays. This Wednesday I'm traveling, so it's like we're going to have to figure it out a more firm, you know, a time, and then after that, we'll be able to pretty much set it in stone. Set it and forget it, as Popiel says.
1: Long live Ron Popiel.
0: Yes, life, <laughs> according to Popiel. <laughs> and Chef Tony's nice. Chef Tony, <laughs> what a chef! <laughs> <laughs> I can I, I can slice this. <laughs> this like boot Wolfgang <laughs> Puck, Bobby Flay. Chef Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Can use this this knife to cut
1: a boot and then use it to fillet a tomato. (laughs) Look
0: how easy it slices. I can even fillet the fillet. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of filleting, man, uh, that Purdue defense probably having a tough morning today. Got filleted in the last minute there by... um, by Penn State, really no excuse for for that um, what they did. I think Purdue, you know, they didn't get the call on the catch, which would have cemented the game. Um, I think it was a judgment call and rule catch on the field, you know, personally. And then the other one, Pitt against West Virginia, Slovis. The numbers do not show um, the game. Those those a lot of those passing yards were dump offs to the running back. You know, and his big pass plays were dump offs to the running back. Not they weren't like downfield passes or anything. It was like basically, you know, the USC offense dumping it to Reggie Bush in space. You know, I mean, that's basically what they did. But um, you know, you got to give them the credit. They they did what they needed to do, and they got the win. Um, both those teams, Penn State and uh, and Pitt. And uh, I like Narduzzi's comments. After the game, um, hopefully you guys were watching ESPN. Um, after that game, when he was on with um, oh, what's the guy's name? I keep I don't even watch enough ESPN outside of games to know. I just it just happened to leave it on the the ball guy. It's funny, um, tall, skinny ball guy. Bam, Pelt? No. Yes, yes, yes. So he said to him, he said, the, he said, "What do you think of you know all this stuff?" And he said. He comes on He's like, You guys disrespected us. ESPN said that 75% of the stadium would be West Virginia fans. You're so disrespectful to our fans. And we showed you. <laughs> he goes, It was all pit out there. It's all pit in the stands. It's like, because you said it was gonna be seventy-five percent West Virginia bands and Van Pelt's like, Well, I don't make those statements or whatever. And he's like, ESPN did. You're part of ESPN. It was like <laughs> it was a, it was it was kind of like what I would do, right? It was like this it's kinda of like it's kinda of, and it's like he was fired up. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I, I, the other thing I, I noticed not pretty pen There were a lot of uh Questionable, you know, missed calls from from officiating, but I guess that's week one stuff you got to iron out. Even stuff I saw, like in the um, in the uh, the Oklahoma State game, where they, they they called an interception on the field. It was it was a free play because uh, Central Miss jumped offside, so the, they called the, they called the penalty. But then they said they still have to review if the play was an interception.
0: Yeah, it was. That was <laughs> ridiculous. I thought it was an interception. It was. I didn't listen <laughs> once again. I, no sound, you know. So it makes it. Um, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but it was like I knew it was first and five after after the, the review and everything. But anyways, let's let's get it. Let's dive into these games today. We've got a uh, pretty good card. We've got not a lot of college football games. I don't know who's chart in charge of the schedule at Pick Dogs for the uh, videos um, for the video section there, but they botched this one because we did not do Virginia Tech Old Dominion. I don't know how that got skipped, but. We'll cover it here. Anyways, got Michigan versus Western Mich uh, Michigan State versus Western Michigan. This one down to twenty and a half from twenty one. I saw it up as low as eighteen and a half um at the open. Chris, what do you think of this one? You
1: know, I I went back and forth on this one, but you know that spread at now at twenty and a half almost seems right on for me because I can see it being a three to t- three touchdown win for Michigan State, or I can also see you know a twenty point win. So I think I'd rather look at the under in this one. You know, I just think that Western Michigan and we talked about it yesterday. You know, they're starting a quarterback who's made five career pass attempts, and Michigan State still got a solid defense. It is going to take some time to get the new pieces sort of. Um, Sort of accustomed and uh, acclimated to the system at Michigan State, but I think this is still just going to be a low-scoring game. I could see it being twenty-seven-six. Michigan State—they win this kind of game. So, give me uh, give me the under fifty-four and a half, fifty-three and a half in this one.
0: I'm going to go with Michigan State in this one. I'm going to lay the points. I don't have a premium or anything in this. I just know that these MAC teams generally do not hold up in these games like this. Um, we saw Central Mish hold up, but they're a different animal to me than um, than Western Mish. And um, I think maybe later in the season, Western Mish might have a better chance of holding up, but not here. So I'm going to go with Michigan State at home. Um, Mel Tucker just doing a great job there. I always uh, have sympathy because, like, my name Mitch, right? So everyone calls me, you know, so that people that, you know, the trolls or whatever, like Mitch the bitch, like, I've never heard that before or something, you know? It's like, I can only imagine what Mel Tucker gets, you know? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, it's quite, quite a few ways to go with that. <laughs> More than quite a few. When, 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 when
1: Homer's trying to think of a baby name for Bart, he's going down the alphabet of words that rhyme with cart. Dart, yart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: gart, and completely skips fart
0: altogether. <laughs> yeah, Mel Tucker. Not the most, not the, not the best name for a public figure. I love Tucker. <laughs> yes. Don't be a sucker, Tucker. <laughs> it's like Paul Simon's 50 Ways to Lose Your Lover. It's like, don't be a bitch, Mitch. Don't be a sucker, Tucker. <laughs> don't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like Michigan State here. I just think they're too much. I think they're going to wear them down. I think that's what we've kind of seen in some of these big guys versus little guys games is the wear down factor. And it's the depth, you know. So I don't love this one. Like I said, no premium pick for me on this thing. No, free pre- no freemium, no nothing like that. This is going to be just, you know, Give me a pick. So Old Dominion, Virginia Tech, this line is dropping. And, you know, this is a, um, as Chris said on the uh, show yesterday, on the college football show, you know, this is a local rivalry game where one of the rivals cares more than the other. And I think that might be the case. Of course, Virginia Tech, you know, a lot of kind of rebuilding that needs to go on there. It was interesting because Frank Beamer and Bud Foster could win in Blacksburg, but the when you look at blacksburg you know as opposed to you know i don't know south beach or southern california or you know even northern california stanford or something or you look at you know um you know the big college towns at like columbus ohio and 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 you put those or tuscaloosa you put that up against blacksburg this is a tough sell you know, even in the conference, it's a tough sell with Frank Beamer and Bud Foster. You could get your guys in there, and these guys were good enough coaches that they could win with that. But what we see, what we saw with Justin Fuente, um, was that you could get a, a decent coach isn't going to do it. You need to be a great. I mean, this just showed you how great of a coach Frank Beamer and Bud Foster were. I mean, is is you know what Virginia Tech's done since, and here they are against ODU. Who, my guess is treating this one like the Super Bowl. Chris, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think Old Dominion is treating this like their Super Bowl. And you know, the thing about Old Dominion is that they returned 17 of their 22 starters from last season.
0: So it really isn't Old Dominion. There's not a new Dominion
1: going on here. <laughs> no, it's it's Old Dominion. It's, it's classic Dominion. But uh, I The think
0: best Dominion is the classic Dominion. We all know that. <laughs> minion light um, <laughs> it's like you ever go somewhere and like you've never eaten there before and you're like oh this is awesome this is like really good pe- oh you should have tried it before it's like How someone says that to you it's like
1: have jerk. You not had
0: this it's like you jerk <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I just think that, like you said, this game means a, a lot more to Old Dominion than it does Virginia Tech. And I think, you know, Old Dominion, they already beat, I mean, not these players, obviously, but Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech last time they went to Norfolk. So they know it can be done. And, I, like you said, I think I think North, uh, Virginia Tech just sort of has bigger fish to fry. They're focused on co- competing in the ACC this season. And Old Dominion, this game means a ton of them stick it to an in-state power conference rival. I like the points with Old Dominion, so I, I'm going to put a little bit on the money line as well. All right.
0: I kind of like ODU as well. I think I'm with you on the uh, money line as well for that thing. We've Got Duke taking on Temple. These are two of the worst teams out there. I mean, absolutely horrible, but... Um, I'm, You know, once again, no premium pick on this for me, but I like Temple on the money line here. It, you could get the points with nine and a half, but it's like, who in the hell wants to lay two scores with Duke? Um, Temple, I mean, they, they can't be any worse than Duke. I mean, <laughs> these are two bad, bad teams, and getting plus 270. Duke riding that eight-game losing streak coming into here, so they've got the momentum to get us over the hump here at that kind of plus money. Um yeah, we could we could parlay it up with Dallas Keuchel under strikeouts. I'm with you on that one, Raven. Ron.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think this is going to be a slot fest. I think I think this is good. you're going to be lucky to see this game hit 30 points. To see a game to see a total still hanging around 50 is uh, it still it's still mind blowing to me. I, I'm with you. I like the value of Temple and the points, but I think my stronger play in this one the under.
0: Yeah, you know when I look at games like this. And I know it's not a place where a lot of people look, um, you know, when they're looking at the, at the grand total of a game like this or the grand, you know, the whole big thing. But I go right to the kicker, you know, and I just say, you know, how good are these kickers? Because Duke's kicker is actually pretty good. So they're going to probably attempt some longer field goals in this game, you know, so it's like that could be hit or miss depending on how things are in, uh, at Duke tonight in uh, Durham. You ever been to Durham? Beautiful. I have not. A great golf course. Great golf course. Oh, my God. So tough. And it's a really, really nice place. I, I'm not, everyone knows I'm not big on the southeast. Um, You know, the ain't you something. We know what that means. That's not complimentary. Ain't you something. As a matter of fact, I am. I'm going to take Temple. Taking him on the money line. Proudly, proudly, T. Temple. Oh, Indiana's favorite against Illinois. This line's <laughs> dropped like a like a bad habit, um, kind of falling out of the sky. Um, you know, Tom Allen's still coaching. I think if so, if if he didn't have the success that he had had the prior couple seasons going into last season, he would have been so fired, you know, because you you get two wins. All right, that's that's bad enough. But you get rung up in the bucket game, you know, in your rivalry game, forty-four to seven by Purdue, that's like grounds for that's like so Manny Diaz like at Miami, like he was able to hang on because he beat Florida State, and then you know once he lost to Florida State, you know, it was uh, pretty much finito. But um, you know, congratulations to Manny for uh, on the defensive job that he did in the clutch there for uh, Penn State, but. I don't know. I, I, Indiana was favored in this thing. The line has dropped. Illinois looked pretty decent last week. And they kind of have some veteran guys there that, you know, having a game under their belt with a veteran team, facing, you know, Tom Allen, who can coach a, even a good team right out of a game. Um, some of the more questionable usages of timeouts and uh, things of that nature that Tom Allen does on a regular basis in Indiana that have really, you know, I mean, Indiana fans and I, I know we don't get along. Well, I know it, you know, I understand that. And it's like, part of it is this and part of it's the whole hoops thing, like the, the used to be good thing. I, I get it, you know, but um, I, don't, I don't know. Do they have any answers here for me with Tom Allen? Because last year they defended this guy down into, you know, into submission. Because the prior two years he had kind of, you know, done, you know, kind of got me, got the better of me. And then last year I kind of got even for all of it. But um, yeah. I, I could see another I could see another two win season here. Chris, what do you think?
1: Well, it's like they always say: just when you think that, uh, or it's at least Roddy Piper said, when you think you have the answers, they change the questions. And I think that's what's going to go on here. The in Indiana: the answers are going to still be the same. And I think you know, uh, Indiana won't have the correct answers to solve anything this season. I think Illinois, you know, they've already got the win under their belt this season. The defense looked really good against Wyoming, and. You know, Tommy DeVito actually looked capable, like he could run this uh, this Illinois offense. Don't get
0: you know, like, carried away, Chris.
1: Uh, okay, I, after one <laughs> game, I can at least say it for right
0: now. <laughs> don't don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> okay,
1: can we at least carry it to Indiana? Like, give me give me one game with this. But uh, it, know, the secret
0: are, with Tommy DeVito is they just when he's got the urge to throw, they don't let him. They just make him hand off, regardless <laughs> of what the down and distance is. They just say you can see the frustration in his face handing that ball off come
1: on he hands it off and throws a temper tantrum behind the play like starts stomping like five yards back um but no, i think illinois they got a great running back and chase brown like i said i just think that the wrong team is favored here so, so give me illinois on the money line here
0: Anyways, Fernando Montoya the only game i lost yesterday was purdue well that helps us a ton today <laughs> that helps us just a real bundle actually the only game i lost yesterday was purdue also how about you chris
1: Yep, me too.
0: The only game that Chris lost was Purdue also. So I hit my fifteen dollar big play. How about you? You hit your fifteen dollar play? Yep. yep. Yeah. I was I was three and one yesterday. My only loss was Purdue. I thought I had it. I had central Mish and my play of the day, my college football single solo shot was um Mizzou. So I no doubter. But we gave out our picks before the games. That's the difference. Anyways, um, CU can't spell the C word without CU <laughs> up against TCU. So we got double CUs here going on this um, yeah, this show is Friday. It's kind of we're at that point. Of, we're at that stage of the week, and you know we've been waiting for college football long enough. It's kind of like we're so hyped for college football that it's kind of like we're punch drunk, you know. But yeah, I don't know where I was going to go with that, but it wasn't—it wasn't good. It wasn't going to—it wasn't going to end well. That's for sure. Um, I don't know, Colorado. You, you ever been to Colorado game? You say Cala, we say Rata. cala, Rata. cala, Rata.
1: <laughs> I, can say, I can honestly say I have not but uh,
0: well they, what they do is they, they let this buffalo go <laughs> he's about 10,000 pounds they got about six guys in a tranquilizer gun running him down the field. <laughs> they hold on to him with a rope but trust me if he felt like it he'd drag them all but they do have the tranquilizer gun close by <laughs> Colorado <laughs>
1: Oh, man. You know, I, I looked at this. Game. I think this was, was uh, still one of my least favorite uh, least favorite games on, on today's card for, for college football, but still going to stick with my guns, I think, with, with Colorado. I think it's still just going to be an adjustment period for TCU. And uh, we know Sonny Dice will have this TCU offense, you know, firing in no time. But I uh, think for right now, two touchdowns with a home dog in Colorado and the altitude is kind of where I want to be. So I'll uh, I'll lean towards Colorado in this one.
0: To me, TCU has always seemed to have a really good team and always seemed to have the edging. Patterson, Well, you know, the transfer portal changes things, I don't think he left the cupboard bare there at TCU either. So I think they have enough talent. And I think, you know, with, with this offense, um, I don't know if Colorado's going to have the answers. And, you know, I think that's the problem. I think Colorado's going to hang with them, but I just don't know if they have the answers over four quarters of football. Um, anyways, we go to Major League Baseball and... uh what do you got for uh what do you got for premium today?
1: Well, today I got a couple things. I got my fifteen dollar pickoff play, like we said, we hit it yesterday. Three straight and now five of six. So hopefully you carry that over into the weekend. What was your pickoff? Uh yesterday was the Mariners.
0: Mariners. At, Seattle. At the,
1: Mariners. Early, the early game and uh That's the Seattle
0: Mariners, in case anyone
1: <laughs> got in, got out with a quick payday, and, uh, and like I said, hoping to do that again today. I also got that $15 play as part of my Fastball Friday MLB 3-pack for 40 bucks, or also have a, a college football 3-pack as well for tonight's action. And uh, hop on some in long term because we're going to have those college football for tomorrow in as well sooner rather than later. So take advantage of it and use that promo code WIN15, 15% off.
0: I have my $15 big play. I got a college football 3-pack. I'm going to take one of those picks and make it a college pick uh, football solo shot as well. And uh I think I'm gonna allow the Cappers and also that one fifteen dollar play per sport. Um instead of one fifteen dollar play per day. One fifteen dollar play per sport um we're gonna go with. So um I'll let everybody know as as they find out. And then um we'll um you know I have I also have other baseball plays too. I have three more baseball plays on top of my $15 big play. I had a winner yesterday I had the Mets against the Dodgers not an early early start, but not a late start. It was uh, plus money, plus buck and a quarter on that thing with Chris Bassett. Did you happen to catch that Mets game? I didn't know. Well, one of the couple more amazing things you'll you'll see, and this is the Mets. Um, so Diaz gives up a, a hit, and I mean this thing. The wind gusts in right as the ball is leaving the park, and the outfield is basically up against the wall. And it hits him in the glove to rob him of the home run. Then the next batter up, two strikes. He throws a 100-mile-an-hour heater, paints the corner. They call it a ball. He's, like, fuming, right, that he's, that he's got a 1-2 count on him. He rears back and throws 103 straight down the middle of the plate, just a <laughs> screamer. It, was, it And you see the thing, it says 103. It was like... You had no chance. And, I mean, it was right down the middle, you know. It was a 103-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. It was like smoke. And it was like by the time the batter even thought about swinging, um, you know, by the time the batter even thinks about swinging, the ball's past them, you know, at 103. But uh, that was craziness. But um, anyways... We go to um Major League Baseball today. And in game one, we've got so we've been doing this format now for about a little about two weeks, right? Yeah. Pretty good, right? I, I like think it. people are liking it. We got um Pittsburgh Pirates against the Toronto Blue Jays. Everyone knows my thoughts on um Alec Manoa. He's basically <laughs> I just think he's too fat. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna um, point fingers, to sign Blaine. I'm not gonna you know make fun of him personally. I'm just gonna say he's too fat and he's losing. Um, he doesn't have the the longevity to go through the course of a 162 game season with that sort of gut. Um, taking the Pirates here to beat Manoa. How about you, Chris? <laughs> you
1: know, I for, I'm sticking with the Blue Jays in this one. This is where we'll butt heads. Maybe we'll do the Manoa belly bump on this one. <laughs> but uh, it's too fat. I, <laughs> That yeah, I I I agree. He's got to drop a few, but uh, it's like I said before. It's it's also the first year we're seeing Manoa
0: as a maybe we should send you over there to to have a talk with him. Because then we'll both end up bigger. Be like, Mom, where's that meatloaf? (laughs) (laughs) Mom, where's that meatloaf? (laughs) Did she even hear me? Like, (laughs) what's she doing back there? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, man. I uh, know, you know, the, for me, it's just that I, I know the Pirates, you know, can provide value, but they've been struggling offensively. You look at their last uh, nine games, they've scored uh, four runs or less in uh, in seven of those nine games, two runs or less in five of those not seven. So I think if, if Manoa can hold, uh, hold the Pirates in check, the, the Blue Jays bats come to play here and uh, I think Toronto gets a to win on the run line.
0: Reds, Rockies, Luis Sessa, Kyle Freeland. Um you know, the the Rockies played hard in Atlanta. Uh Spencer Strider sixteen strikeouts against him yesterday, but um but they did play hard in that series. You know, you gotta give them credit where credit is due. And the Reds, after that, you know, start that they had to the season, they're only twenty seven games under five hundred. So really almost five hundred baseball since, you know, the first month of the season. So not bad, but it is Luis Sessa here and Kyle Freeland. This is a good game too. Um pretend it didn't happen but i think if you are going to actually admit that it's going to occur to me i think you you say if you happen to be going to the park for this game you're going to want to bring a glove because and you're going to want to make sure you bring some comfortable clothes and something to sit on because you're going to be there for a while i like the over what do you think
1: and lots of hot dog money for the for the vendors but uh yeah, I I agree. I, I like the over here. I would lean towards Cincinnati um, mainly just because Kyle Freeland struggled on the road as it is, and now you're putting him in a hitter's ballpark like Great American. I think that the Reds could potentially sneak out a win here, but I, I'm with you. I think the over is the better play in this one.
0: We got the Baltimore Orioles against the Oakland A's, and the Orioles just can't seem to get past the hump here. You know, to to get into the wild card race, it's a good season for them anyway you slice it. You know, they, they've they've had a solid year. I don't think they're going to make the postseason at this point. I, they're not out of it. You know, they have, they're, they're running out of time, but they're not, like, you know, insurmountable. But they just can't seem to, to gain any traction on any of those teams ahead of them, regardless of their winning or losing. Dean Kramer here against J.P. Sears. Kramer, you know, is the one holdover um, from the Manny Machado trade to the Dodgers. He's kind of the last piece that they have left of that. You know, that they traded Manny Machado to the Dodgers and Kramer was one of those guys that they got. Um I don't know. I I, I think he's he's not bad. I think he's part of the long term solution. I think with John Means back there, maybe another starter, you know. Maybe uh maybe Bundy comes home. I don't know. But I'll take the Orioles in this one. How about you, Chris?
1: yeah i'm on the on the orioles as well but i'm also on the under in this one I, I still can't get away from the fact the oakland Days still one of the worst offenses in baseball and baltimore has been playing in their fair share of low scoring games as well but they also tend to play their best ball at camden yards and um <clears throat> if they're gonna make a serious playoff push in the coming weeks it's gotta start with winnable spots like this i know jp sears has been pretty good but I still think Baltimore's just a better team here. So i go with Baltimore and also go with the under as well.
0: Yeah, the Orioles are a game and a half out of the wild card, but the thing is that they've been that, that game and a half, two games out of the wild card for a month. They just can't yeah. seem to gain any ground. They're not losing ground, but they're not gaining ground. So it's like because the, the teams in front of them are rotating the order, but the Orioles aren't gaining on any of them. So it's just, you know, they're just, it just seems that they're stuck in the mud. Stuck in the mud. It'll stick in the mud. You got the Guardians up against the Seattle Mariners. Luis Castillo, um, he's gone to the land of the overbet. He is the Michael Pineda of um, this season. You know, since being traded to Seattle, they just love to bet this guy. Um, I mean, even if he even if he should be favored, it's usually you're paying thirty to forty cents um, premium on him. Um, Really, he had a couple of good starts, but it's still, you know, he's still Luis Castillo, and you're up against a playoff team here with the Guardians, even though they do have the lesser record overall of these two teams. Chris, we uh, you know Bittler is a big Castillo guy. <laughs> I think he only likes him when he was when he was with the, a bad team. So. Yeah,
1: maybe is it Castillo or Castillo?
0: It could, it could. It's Castillo. <laughs> but he calls him Castillo (laughs) Abbott and Castillo (laughs) can
1: I I please get a tortilla Um, (laughs) um,
0: (laughs) don't don't make me go back to the Mel Tucker jokes (laughs) don't make me go don't please
1: don't make me go back I'll stop okay that's enough I'll stop um I was initially leaning towards Seattle because I I think that, you know, like you said, there is a premium premium that you normally pay with Luis Castillo and the Mariners. But, you know, looking at it, Zach Zach hasn't been terrible. He just doesn't have a good record on the surface. And, yeah, you're getting plus money at home with a playoff team in Cleveland. Problem for me is that their offense has been spotty. So I'll lean towards Cleveland based on the value, but not a game I'm rushing to the window to bet.
0: I like the under in this one, the under 10-1 in the Guardians' last eleven. So that means they're playing them close to the vest. Not that anyone's wearing a vest. This one, We've got Drew Hutchison's got a day job with the Detroit Tigers um, facing the Kansas City Royals. These teams should play each other every, every game. They should just play the, each other all the time because it feels like they play each other um, 135 times a year. So I think they should just actually just play each other. It's kind of like the Chargers and the Broncos. They should just play each other all the time. It's like the Chargers always play the Broncos, and it's always at Denver. I mean, it's, what do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, you know this is this was one of the tougher ones because you know, because
0: we've like- seen this matchup so many times this season. <laughs> Are you sure they're playing each other again? Sure, it's not the Tigers Twins. It's like I mean, they just play each other every freaking day. It's like the Tigers really? are playing the Royals. How could they be playing the Royals and the Twins on the same day? It's like, it's like that Spider Man meme where they're facing, <laughs> on and facing each other. It's like, wait a minute,
1: you again? Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I'm going to lean towards the uh, towards the Royals here. I just i. I don't want to give Drew Hutchison any of my money, and, and the Detroit Tigers still one of the worst offensive clubs in baseball this season. The Royals haven't been much better, and Daniel Lynch has had issues in his last couple of starts, but I still think he's the better starter here, and I just trust Kansas City just a little bit more than Detroit right now, so I'll uh, I'll lean towards towards uh, Kansas City in the coin flip.
0: I'm going with Kansas City. Hutchison actually pitched decently last time out, the probability of him doing it two times in a row. Slim, uh, I wonder if Miggy's going to come back doubt it probably done speaking of done we got the Nationals taking on the Mets the Nationals coming off of um pretty good series there against the A's but here they are against the Mets at Citi Field do the Mets have kind of a hangover effect after four games against the Dodgers 2-2 that series went what a great series it was and um I think the nice thing about that series was we got to see a lot of the frontline guys you know and that was really a good thing. And I think for the Dodgers in that one, um, you know, Trey Turner was kind of slumping, and then he kind of came through yesterday. And, you know, kind of, we saw everything. And then um, the Mets put Gore in yesterday, you know. I mean, what a great gig that guy has. He's been in four World Series. He's never, he's, he has no at-bats. It's like, it's like, they could have brought Jankowski back. It's like. No, nah, we'll take Gore. It's like it's like the on a boat song. It's like and T Pain. <laughs> 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 I forgot about that. Right? It's kind of like that with Gore. Right? It's like and Gen- uh, uh, Gore. <laughs> so fast. He's <laughs> so fast. I <laughs> feel like my wife and I were eating, eating, and we the game's on, and um, you know. So watch this guy. Just watch this. I'm like, they're gonna throw over the first base, like for ten minutes. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. And then he's gonna steal the base anyway. It's exactly what happened. But um, anyways, David Peterson here against Josiah Gray. Um, what do you think of this one, Chris?
1: You know, I'm I'm going to still go back to the well with the Mets here. You know, last time we saw the Mets sort of in this potential letdown spot, you know, after after playing, you know, they played the, the Phillies in a set and they, they played the, uh, the, the Yankees in a, in a two-game set. I mean, there would have been a bit of a hangover, but they came out and uh, took care of the Rockies. And Josiah Gray, you know, while he has pitched better on the road, this is still a night start for Josiah Gray, and those have not been profitable, so... I think David Peterson comes out, throws another solid start, and uh, they, then the Mets win this one on the run line. So give me the Mets minus one and a half.
0: The Mets are feeling it, you know, and I yeah. think you got to give it to them. And I think that home crowd and just everything there—they're loose as a goose, you know. I mean, these guys are feeling it. This is kind of like how they were in '86, '69. Um, this is like, you know, this is a this is this Mets team is super super dangerous, and uh, Francisco Lindor playing just lights out baseball here. Lights out and Marte really picking up his game as well, especially at the plate. Mets are a very, very dangerous team. Got the Red Sox taking on the Rangers. What a defensive display last night at Fenway Park. The Rangers with a gigantic lead. Well, I couldn't hold on, and uh, it was the 9 8 win for the Red Sox. And today, oh man, it's Dallas Keuchel day. What do you think, Chris?
1: I think that this is crazy that this line has actually dropped a run from 10 to 9. Yeah, I'm on the overall day in this one, like white on rice. This is this this is this is a a, a Texas team that's clearly you know out of options to to throw into the rotation. You put in Dallas who's got an 11.70 ERA across his last seven starts. I'm not a huge Nick Pavetta guy. You know, he's uh, he's got 4.12 ERA in his last seven. Five runs out over five innings against the Rays last time out. So I think this one hits the over rather easily. Lean towards the Red Sox as well, but uh, I'll, I'll go with the over as a stronger play here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the... Um, I'm going to go with the... Um, I'm going to go with the over as well. I just think we're going to see an absolute ton of runs in this thing. Um, Pavetta certainly not going to hold anybody down. And um, at the same time, Dallas Keuchel certainly not the... Uh, not the Keiko of old. I yeah. love Jovan's videos. Like he gets all excited in his parlay. It's like Dallas Keiko Day. <laughs> He's like he can't even get the, get the rest of the video because he just Keiko 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 Keiko. I edit like I don't do any of my own video editing. I only edit Jovan's videos, <laughs> and it's like, it's like I watch his parlay every day. It's like. Keiko, keiko, keiko. He gets like this smile at a keiko. <laughs> <laughs> if ever Jovan's having a bad day, you just say Dallas keiko, you'll instantly put a smile on his face. Romanelli's got the keiko jersey. Anyways, he so got the Rays taking on the Yankees. Jeffrey Springs minus 120. Um, here against the Yankees, and this is this is where we miss Brian Bittler the most. And where's Brian? This is this is where I say where's Brian because we, we all we got to do is hear him say they're begging you to take the Yankees. <laughs> I'll say it for him, Chris. They're begging you to take the Yankees here. What do you think?
1: You know what? I'm still sticking with with the Rays, and this why I know Domingo Herman has. Uh has pitched well you know he's been getting increasingly better after that rough start to uh, start the year against the Astros but the Yankees are still you know playing some inconsistent ball right now they're, they're really struggling to string any sort of consistent performances together and the Tampa Bay Rays you want to talk about feeling it right now the Rays are feeling it they had won 8 of their last 10 and um, I think it's just a spot where the uh, the Rays get a competent start from Jeffrey Springs and he uh, got a win over the Yankees so I'll go with the, the Rays in the near coin flip
0: yeah, I think, you know, for me, the uh, you know the Rays, this is their time of year. Normally, it's at, they, people think it's after the All-Star break, but it's really September when the Rays really roll. So I expect them to roll here. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Rays as well. We've got the Atlanta Braves and Charlie Morton, minus 180 favorite here up against Sandy and the Marlins. Um, you know, Sandy, just a different, you know, breed of pitcher. And, you know, the Marlins have this great young pitching staff. And, you know, of course, Sandy's the guy. You know, on that staff, and you know we could say you could say what you want about the Marlins and their lack of hitting, especially against left-handed pitching. It's been just terrible this season. But Sandy, two point one three ERA, a twelve and six record. This is he kind of has the numbers. He's given up ten home runs total. Um, that's like more than more. That's less home runs than Mike Miner gives up in a the month. Um, these are the type of numbers that Sandy has. That like when Felix Hernandez, when King Felix won the won the Cy Young. Right, These are like those type of numbers. And so I think Sandy, I have to say in the National League, he's the Cy Young Award winner for me. And I think that he battles here um, as good as can possibly be. I think you take the first five under here. Is I, I kind of want to take the Marlins, you know, but I think you could take the first five under or even Marlins' first five. I don't know. Call me crazy. It's all right.
1: No, no, I, no, I, I agree. I, I was actually looking at the full game under two at six and a half, just because you look at what what Sandy's done this season against the Braves. He's got a complete game under his belt, and he's also thrown eight shut, or eight innings of one run ball in Atlanta. And uh, in his last five starts against the Braves, a point nine seven ERA. So the Braves aren't aren't scaring Alcantara. But the problem is, like you mentioned, for Alcantara, just a lack of run support kind of does him in. When uh, if he gets a little bit of run support. He's not a twelve and six pitcher. He's like a fifteen and three pitcher.
0: Yeah, I, so. I, you know, people in the comments saying you know that the Marlins can't score runs or whatever. I like their chances of scoring runs off of Morton a lot better than the Braves' chances of scoring off of Sandy because he owns yeah. them. He he, yeah. he absolutely has. He's got a parking spot there at Truist Park. Um, you know, it's like he's their daddy. You know, he is. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I would go with the under here, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to anything you said. The Marlins first five, first five under. I think that's, that's all. they're all viable options in this game.
0: Got uh, another non-viable option here. We've got the Chicago White Sox, who without Tony La Russa, are winning baseball games. Um, I think La Russa's managed his last game as a member of the White Sox. I think they're going to call it that for medical reasons. He's going to have to retire or something, but he would be fired anyway. Sonny Gray, the Twins have really owned the White Sox over the years. Um, Davis Martin I just don't think is a viable option. I think he's part of the problem here for the White Sox. I'm going to have to roll with the Minnesota Twins in this one. How about you Chris?
1: Yeah I'm on the Twins as well mainly because like you said Davis Martin. He's he's pitched okay but the majority of his usage has been in a starter's role and as a starter one and four with a 4.68 ERA Sonny Gray is starting to turn it on on the other hand though at 1.91 ERA in his last seven and the Twins, for me, have just sort of been the hotter team. You know, the White Sox picked up a couple of wins against the Royals, but I think this is Minnesota's chance they, they still have the Guardians within, t- like, reaching distance, and uh, this will be an important series for sure. But I think Minnesota starts with uh, with a win in this one.
0: Yeah, tomorrow's game, I think the Twins probably in a little bit of trouble. But today, I think, is their better chance. That This is kind of a must-win almost for the Twins in tonight's game because tomorrow they're probably – um, you know they're gonna need some help from a higher power. We got the St. Louis Cardinals taking on the Chicago Cubs, and this is the oldest rivalry in professional sports. Um, this is this is the oldest rivalry. Jordan Montgomery on the hill here against Adrian Sampson. I just love fading the Cubs and Adrian Sampson. I certainly don't like these prices, but man, you know, basically if if, if the Russians were playing the Cubs, I'd probably take the Russians. Chris, what do you what do you got in this one? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I like the Cardinals big here. <laughs> say, I'm, I'm
0: with you. I got the
1: Russians too.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I might have, might have a dime on the Russians. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I can't
0: I, confirm. I mean, I don't I don't mean anything political or anything by that. That's for sure. But it's like yeah, you know, basically anything but the Cubs. Yeah. Italian baseball
1: team. I'll take them to the national team, the world baseball classic team for four years ago. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's just about fading the Cubs here and and Adrian Sampson. He's been serviceable enough to stay in the rotation, but he's not, he's not a world beater. He's not going to slow down this, uh, this Cardinals lineup. So yeah, Yeah. I'm with the Cardinals.
0: Cardinals. I like them for the series sweep. We got the angels against the Astros. Reed Detmers serving up for the Angels up against Lance McCullers Jr. The, um, you know, the Angels haven't been that horrible recently. You know, they went into Toronto last weekend, beat the crap out of the Blue Jays, including Manoa, and they said, you know, after the game, I think he's just too fat right now. And the thing is, is that, you know, the Astros just continue to be steady Eddie. You know, it's like they're not doing anything spectacular, but they're also not doing anything really implodingly bad. And it's like, you know, with McCullers Jr. back in there. And, you know, not having a pitcher that's, you know, 70 to 80 pounds overweight. I think they got the chance to get it across the finish line here. Um, But Detmers has pitched well. I think this one's going to be an under, even though the total's gone up a full run.
1: Yeah, the under was where I was initially thinking as well. McCullers, Jr., he's sort of pitching like he didn't really skip a beat. He's fit right back into the Astros rotation. And Reed Detmers is probably behind. Uh, just behind Otani, and maybe alongside Sandoval is the uh, the Angels' best chances to get a win because he is pitching fairly. Yeah, well, he'll be so.
0: back with the varsity next season. You know, yeah. he's like that type of guy.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, I like the under eight and a half here. I, I liked it at seven and a half, but I like it at eight and a half as well.
0: What do you think, Manoa's post game meal is? Corned beef sandwich. It seems like a like maybe a corned beef sandwich, big kosher pickle type guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't forget the pickle. <laughs> well, I
1: don't think, it's, probably not, it's probably not at the circuit because that's usually where they run out of the corned beef. Yes. But, <laughs> there's a sidebar story for that. But uh, uh, I don't know. It seems like he seems like a
0: fettuccine alfredo kind of guy, like a <laughs> pasta guy. Big plate of pasta with the with the napkin around the <laughs> <laughs> with the checkerboard napkin. He's got the like just a plain white. He twirls into the spoon. <laughs> He's got the spoon twirling the pasta.
1: Okay, is there any other way to do it?
0: Uh, Well, (laughs) we could ask him. (laughs) We could ask him. Got the Diamondbacks taking on the Brewers. Um, No surprise to me, Diamondbacks winning last night. Zach Davies here against Laos. I kind of like the Diamondbacks again. They're playing good baseball, and the Brewers just seem to be a team this year. And while as good as they've been over the last decade, they can't seem to get over the hump. This year, kind of the same place where the Orioles are, where it's just they're just treading water, you know, and that's not good enough.
1: Yeah, do you you get close, yeah, you get close, and then the, the lead is restored. And then you get close again, then the lead comes back, and it's, yeah, it's it's tough. And and the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, they they are playing really well. They bounced back from that eighteen to two shellac and against the Phillies. And I'm with you. I think they have a shot here as well. Zach Davies normally a five inning guy, but he's doing a good job at keeping the damage down in those five innings. And you know, Eric Lauer is one of the, my more liked pitchers on this uh, this uh, this Brewers pitching staff. But I just think the Arizona Diamondbacks are playing too well to ignore here, so. Yeah, give me the give me the Diamondbacks at home in the, in the underdog role.
0: He says Ravens. Ron says double quarter pounders, but in Canada they have the metric system. So
1: do they have quarter pounders in, in Canada? Yeah, we have double quarter pounders.
0: <laughs> really, they call it quarter pounders, even though you're on the metric system. Mm-hmm. It's so American, it's got to be
1: crappy. Well, well, it's like it's like the 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 double eighth kilo doesn't sound the same so it's well no like... it's the
0: it's in it's like um pulp fiction royale with cheese <laughs> you know what they call a quarter pounder cheese royale with cheese you know what they do metrics brett look at you <laughs> the the metric system <laughs> look at you brett
1: <laughs> yeah i know we, we still have we still have quarter pounders <laughs> Yeah, that actually that actually would kind of make sense.
0: The Dodgers return home all the way back west from four games uh, at City Field, a real dogfight of a series too. Dustin May on the mound here against you Darvish Padres 7 and 3 in their last 10 coming into this thing. 38 and 31 on the road, but the Dodgers are tight 45 and 16 at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> That's <laughs> sick. 45 and 16. The Dodgers are 50 games over. They're 10 games away from 100 win season um, 130 games in they have a chance to go 110 this year um, at least what do you think of this thing Chris
1: yeah this is uh, a this is tough to, because there is there does seem to be a little bit of value with the uh, with the Padres and some plus money but Darvish you know has really struggled against the uh, the Dodgers in his last five starts against LA 0 and 4 with a 4.18 ERA and, uh, and he said the Dodgers, you know, they, they weren't in that dogfight in New York, but this is still the best team in baseball right now. And I think they just take it to the Padres, even though the Padres are playing pretty well. I think the Padres will take one in this series about picking the spot, but uh, I think the Dodgers win, uh, win the series opener on Friday.
0: Keith Hernandez, um, you know, i watched the Mets broadcast of the Dodgers. Um, Mets yesterday, Keith Hernandez talking about Freddie Freeman and the crying episode in Atlanta, and how Kershaw beat him up about it, and um, how Ronald Acuna Jr. beat him up on the Brave side about it. He kind of took it from both sides in that thing, and um, you know. But since then, Freddie Freeman's been really hitting the cover off the ball, and he's been a kind of a difference maker here for the Dodgers. I think Mookie Betts might be the National League MVP on top of it um, as well, and I think the Dodgers, the uh, Padres, are just a bunch of phony balonies. And I think the, the Dodgers love beating up on teams like that. We've got the Giants taking on the Phillies. Speaking about phony balonies, we've got the uh, Phillies. Um, this game has kind of gone back and forth over who's going to be favored in this thing. And I, I, the way I look at it, it's, it's a pick em. But But um, for me, I like the Giants in this one because the Phillies have now been on the road for a while. And... Um, you know, I think the Phillies, you have to give them credit where credit is due. I've been very, very critical of the Phillies, you know, over the years about the heartless, the gutless, all those different things that I've called them. And, you know, they've proved me right, you know. But this year, they, you know, since the managerial firing, they have changed their ways and have become a different style of team. And I think that, um, you know, I think in this case, um, you know, they have shown heart. I just don't like the spot. I'm going to take the Giants here. How about you, Chris?
1: Yeah, this one was. Uh, I think that saved the toughest for last for me. In this one, I I think I'm leaning. I was leaning towards the Phillies just, but they like you said, they've been on the road for a while. I'm probably gonna lean towards the under in this one. You know, I know the, you know, the Phillies had that high-scoring game against, or sorry, a series against Arizona. Probably that was just because they couldn't keep runs off the board. But I think the Giants have been struggling offensively, and I think if the Giants are gonna win this one, it's gonna be a low-scoring win. So I like the under uh, under seven and a half, under eight in this one.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, um, at Costco, um, not yesterday when I was there, but the time I was there before that, they told me, and I didn't, I never even realized this. I was like, wow, that's a big bag of that. And I said, yeah, it's club size. So it was like, I didn't even know this thing existed. So Alec Manoa, this is the type of thing, like this is the type of conversation I can imagine having with And it's like, he's like, well, you got the snack size. <laughs> then you've got the regular. Then you've got the large, the jumbo family size and then the club size <laughs> it was like oh my god the club size it's like it's a, it's a it's a big big bag of chips darvish is a fraud he's getting shelled says kevin soler beard loose beard laws mourning everyone here let's put these up on the board Chris, you going to do a parlay for everybody or you're just going to hold out? <laughs> I'm holding out with the parlay today. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You guys talked me into it. I'm going to be a contract. Let's do four-teamers. Let's do four-teamers. Right. Why not? Four-team Friday.
1: <laughs> Let's do oh, it. Oh, Lord, you started something. <laughs> All right. Um, give me the under in the Temple Duke game. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to take... Oh boy, I wasn't prepared for a four teamer. Um, I'll take the. But you can take uh, some
0: of these big favorites, you know, in there if you want.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I'll take the under in Temple Duke. I'll take the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll take the Miami Marlins in the uh, under in the first five against the Braves, and I'll take the Diamondbacks.
0: I'll take the Minnesota Twins. I'll take the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll take the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the Mets is my 14 Friday parlay. Dallas Keiko to that parlay. There's just so many ways to go out. We could do an all Keuchel parlay. Same, Same game, game, all game Keuchel parlay. parlay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you. Chris and I are going to do the premium and VIP shows, separate shows today. And then, of course, tomorrow will be our Cappers Roundtable. If you're interested in all the college football games, Chris and I did a show. We went over every game on the board. We didn't really have a scheduled time for that, so we didn't um, you know, announce it as well as we could have or advertised. But if you look on the YouTube channel, it's there under live shows. And um, I think it's one of the best live shows I've ever done um, with college football, and I've done a lot of them over the last 15 years. So um, I've done it on radio shows and everything. Just... Last year we did college football and NFL. We had NFL show and college football show. Um, I just think the quality is just so much better this year. Next week with Romanelli, it'll even get even better on the college show. And then our NFL show is going to be Al McMorty and Jay Briggs. And then however they want to go about that as well with those two guys. So um, we will see how it goes. But thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make it a winning day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for our big – College football Saturday, of course, my favorite day of the week during my favorite time of the year.